Welcome back to the Saturday Sports Show here on CRCFM. We're going to be turning our attention towards the world of darts now, and to do so, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Connacht Telegraph's Stuart Tynan. Stuart, a very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Kevin. Darts has kind of become a, a mainstay fixture amongst the, the Christmas sporting calendar. Would you be able to describe where and when did this kind of occur and become the big sporting behemoths that we know it today? Well, darts has always been around the Christmas, New Year's time, even going back as far as the late 70s with the, you know, the BDO World Championship when, you know, some long time listeners know the likes of Eric Bristow and John Lowe and Cliff Lazarenko and players like that of that nature. But it really changed in the late 90s and early 2000s with the PDC World Darts Championship. And with Sky's coverage in particular as well, it has really just gone from strength to strength. Uh, the first one, it was took place in '94. Had a it was a small, around a couple of hundred people at it, maybe at each session over the course of a week. It's now played in front of 2,500 people at the Alexandra Palace in London. Now, obviously, with COVID-19, there is going to be actually a, a reduced crowd. There won't be. It won't be behind closed doors, which some of the events on Sky Sports recently have been. But it will be taking place in the Alexandra Palace in London. There'll be roughly around a thousand fans. Now, I'm not sure the full story regarding in terms of tiers. I know London's not doing too well at the minute, so that could that could change uh, come Tuesday. But as things stand, there will be crowds back again at the darts. Um, but it really has taken on life of its own. I mean, when you think of sport at Christmas, obviously most people would think about the Premier League and, and soccer, but darts has become a huge part of it as well, and it attracts big numbers with Sky and some fantastic uh, darting action as well. And this year in particular really has a big Irish feel to it as well. Yeah, tell us about that Irish involvement. That's something different to, different to other years that we've seen. Yeah, I think I can't recall a, to- a tournament which has much as much Irish involvement as this one when it comes to the World Championships. I mean, from the Republic of Ireland alone, there's four players, which I think is a record. Um, you have William O'Connor from Limerick. You have Steve Lennon from Carlo. You have a young lad from Cork, uh, 21 years old, Kieran Tehan. And you also have probably one of the biggest sensations to come out of Irish darts in a long time, uh, 18-year-old Keane Barry from County Meath, who's playing in his second World Championship. And you've also got three uh, three players from Northern Ireland as well, three, three of the veterans in the game. You've got Mickey Mansell, you've got Brendan Dolan, who reached the quarterfinals two years ago and probably one of the biggest success stories in these shores from Northern Ireland uh, would be Daryl Gurney, who's won major televised titles, although he hasn't had a good couple of months recently. Um, what's even more fascinating is there's a chance of an all-Irish third-round clash should William O'Connor and Keane Barry get through their games William O'Connor actually has, could, if he wins his first round game, could play Daryl Gurney in the second round. So that has a Northern Ireland, Republic Ireland feel to it in the second round. And Keane Barry, he's got he's got a tough opener against uh, a man from Canada named Jeff Smith, a very experienced player, and could meet Chris Toby in the second round, who's had a very, very good number of years recently. But they could meet in the third round, Keane and William. And that, I don't think there's ever been a, a clash between two Irish players in the World Championship or even in any major tournament. But um, it speaks volumes of how strong the dart scene in Ireland is. 
and it's fantastic for Irish darts. And are we seeing kind of a generational change due to the success of darts from the mid noughties the Sky Sports version of the sport that we now see? You know, you mentioned 18-year-old Keen Barry. You know, he would have grown up his entire life with the festive darts fixture, well-produced shows. Are we seeing that change the sport as to people don't be are no longer introduced to it through the pub? It's now through through the television. Yeah, you can make that argument as well. I mean. Back in like the late 90s and early 2000s, even it was still small crowds, smoky rooms, um, and, and that stigma had always followed it, and it was always still seen as a as a pub game. Since the late 2000s, you're talking matches being played in front of thousands of people in big arenas. In there's been, I think there was in Germany a couple of years ago, there was an event that took place which held 15 to 20 thousand people. In darts, that's absolute crazy numbers we're talking to watch a to, to watch a live live darts game and obviously dublin also has premier league night every year in the three arena i was actually at it for the second time this year and it was an incredible atmosphere william o'connor was playing as a an, as an invited contender and it was i've i've been in some i've been in arenas and stadiums which obviously big atmospheres a lot of noise but the sound of William O'Connor coming out to 10,000 10, people, whatever the three arena holds, he came out to the song Zombie by the Cranberries. And it was one of the most spine tingling atmospheres I have ever experienced. Um, it's gone from the pub to massive arenas. And it's not just Sky, it's not just Sky Sports. They have played a huge part, but unbelievable players like Raymond Van Barneveld, Obviously, the the great Phil Taylor, who is the biggest name in the history of darts with all the success he's had. And you have a new generation now, the likes of Michael Van Gerwen and Gerwen Price and also the current world champion, Peter Wright. There's just so, so many characters, so many big names. And it is one of the sporting success stories of the past 15 years is darts. Certainly so. And one of the most successful stars of the sport, Michael Van Gerwen, is the whole has a whole expectation weighed upon him now and Phil Taylor you mentioned there Stuart he was speaking about that he had a similar kind of vein of success during his career how is Van Gerwen expected to cope with being the one that everyone wants to knock out as soon as possible yeah I mean since 2014 uh, Michael Van Gerwen has been the world number one he's been the world number one for six years which is incredible um it's now under threat though for the first time in a long time if he has a bad uh, championship and keep in mind as well uh michael van Gerwen has never one big thing against michael is he's never retained a world championship he's won it three times but he's never actually retained it the next year which is something that's been almost used as a stick to poking with he's coming in on the back of by his standards a barren year he's won two major titles the UK Open and the Players' Championship Finals, which he won a few weeks ago. But apart from that, he's had a tough year. I mean, the pre- he failed to qualify for the Premier League semi-finals for the first time in the, ever in his career. He's experienced first round, second round knockouts in major tournaments. And he's coming in probably under more pressure than usual, especially with Peter, the likes of Peter Wright and, or, or Gerwin Price. Um, they could potentially take the world number one spot off him if Michael has a bad tournament and they have a very good tournament. Um, in a way, there is more pressure on him than ever, but 
Michael thrives on pressure. Michael Van thrives on the pressure as well. And I I wrote in my column for for next week that at the end of the day, when it comes to Michael Van Gerwen, when it when he brings his A game, the rest are playing for second place. If he turns up, he is walking away. He's got a good he's got a nice quarter in inside of the draw. There's no real major potential ups banana skins, although I could be I could look silly in the next week or so. But it's this is a tournament for him. He's probably coming under a bit more pressure than he usually does. The past few years he he walks in and he just he's not just won the tournament, he's obliterated people along the way and has set records. But I feel maybe from Van Gerwen's standpoint, and this is amazing to say that he, he may have a point to prove. Um and I think and I think he will do it. And I think he will on January third when the final takes place, he'll be lifting the Sibwadel trophy for the fourth time, which being only 31 years of age, I, he's got a few more left in him. I, he's, he's not going to catch Phil Taylor's collection of 16. That will never be broken, but he could get near double figures by the time it's all said and done. So you totally expect him to wipe the floor with the competition come Christmas time? I don't think I won't. I won't go as far as saying he'll wipe the floor with them. Um, I think he'll get through his side of the draw. I think he'll meet either uh, go. Gerwin Price or Peter Wright in the final, um, and it depends if they get if they get that far. That is, but um, if he builds momentum and especially in the longer format games, he 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 just becomes a different animal. I know Peter and he I know Peter Wright played him in the final last. Uh, well, it was actually New Year's Day, and Peter Wright bet him seven seven sets to three in the final. But he's going to come into this tournament so fired up, and on and especially with good preparation now, especially after winning the Players Championship a number of weeks ago. He is my pick for the tournament. Um, I don't think he's going to fly through it, but I think his name will be on the trophy come January 3rd. Can you tell me, Stuart, what are some of the protocols that are being used during darts that would make it different from another time, obviously, during these, this COVID era? So obviously now with the crowd, obviously, there's going to be limited attendance. But um, if you've actually looked at tournaments recently, um, now several... Behind uh, the player, behind the hockey, where as which is where the players stand, there's usually before pre-COVID there was one table where they were shared drinks and they put their dart cases on things like that. There's now two tables, uh, one for each player. Uh, players don't really they're discouraged maybe because before the game they would shake hands or fist bump before the game and after the game. It's it's optional now if they want to do so or not. There's testing obviously before the tournament begins. Uh, there has been a few case, uh, cases of players, uh, Adrian Lewis and Glenn Durant, the two perfect examples. Adrian Lewis actually tested positive before the World Grand Prix a number of months ago and because of it had to withdraw from the tournament, which was a major blow because it's not just a chance of a, chance of a trophy, but also prize money towards your ranking. So there are things like that which are take, taking place, which are which are different than obviously from previous years, but it's it's a very new normal and um, it'll be like that for the foreseeable future. And for that lucky 1,000 fans who will be there, obviously typical darts tournaments are personified by you know raucous atmosphere, people yep. singing together. Will there be a large amount of scrutiny on the spectators, you expect? Possibly. Now, there is going to be certain things which are not allowed compared to previous years. Obviously, when you think of darts crowd, you think of just... Two you know, thousands of people singing, drinking, things like that. 
There's no fancy dress this year, which is a staple mark for fans at the World Championships. Uh, singing and chanting is going to be actively discouraged as well. So it's going to, it's, it's in a strange way, it's going to feel, it's almost like a throwback to going back maybe 20 years ago in the Circus Tavern, which is where the PDC World Championships were first staged before it moved to the Alexandra Palace. And it'll be it'll be a quieter, respectful crowd in, in that sense. And I'd say for a lot of players initially, that could be a bit jarring because they're, they're, they'd be, you'd be actually used to the crowd going crazy and things like that. And when you hear so many people chanting, you don't really, you wouldn't take as much notice. But if with a quieter crowd, if you do hear someone shout out, it would be something you'd actually take more notice of. So how players acclimatise to that type of environment is going to be fascinating. Uh, especially on the first night, Keen Barry will actually be playing at the opening session on Tuesday evening. So it'll be interesting to see how players do handle the more subdued atmosphere. And the coverage itself will be without Dave Clark. He's stepped away from broadcasting with Sky Sports due to his ongoing battle with Parkinson's disease. Who's expected to kind of fill his boots for the tournament? It's there. Yeah, it's Dave, losing Dave Clark has been a a really huge blow because he has been almost the the face of darts for I say close to twenty years. Um, there's a new there's a new lady. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure her name out now. I'm sorry if I can't get it, but she stepped into the tour. She stepped in, in terms of broadcasting in previous months. Uh, Laura Woods as well with Sky Sports has always been there or thereabouts as well. Uh, it's going to be a very strange feeling not seeing Dave Clark at a PDC World Championships because he's been there, I think, to the best of my knowledge, oh, say maybe since 1999-2000. I think the lady in particular is... Oh, the name's, the name's slipped me now. Um, but it's it's going to be very strange seeing, not seeing Dave Clark at these world championships. Um, obviously, he has been dealing with Parkinson's, and he, I, I read an interview he was doing maybe around a week or so ago, and he's, he was describing it was becoming tougher and tougher to hide his condition. Uh, he's, he has Parkinson's, and he, probably with what's happened now with, with COVID, maybe he has stepped away at, at the right time, and he, he is going to be missed because he has been such a staple mark of Dart's presentation on Sky Sports for so many years. And finally, Stuart, just on the local front, with pubs closed here in Mayo and across the country, it's been difficult to have the local dart scene get going again. But has there been any progress on that? Uh, sadly not. Um, obviously, until pubs reopen, and I'd say I'd even go as far as, and this is my personal opinion, vaccines, uh, players take up vaccines as well. I'm not sure how or when the town leagues will come back. And, and and if they come back, I mean, we will probably, you know, as I'm probably no secret, I'm a secretary of the Castlebar Town Darts League here, and I think there's going to be some big decisions need to be made. I mean, there where we were standing as of last March, we had a couple of semi-finals still left. We had the Town League finals and also the Carling Cup final. But you know, the longer it go, the longer it goes on, you will have, you know, there could be some teams who whatever reason their players are either are not around who are maybe unwilling or unable to play and it may be a case of the season becoming null and void it could we may then we may be able to play play finish off what's left of the season 
it's, it's I think I can see it's still a long way away for me. Could be six months. Um, but I think when it comes back, when the pubs do reopen, and if that's and that's if some pubs are able to reopen, you know, I think we have a it's going to be a very tough decision. And it's it may it, it may be a decision that's not going to be popular with everybody, but we'll have to do whatever is in the best interest of players' health and safety, and also it it's just going to be a very tough decision. I hope it's not the end of the Castlebar Town Darts League. I really hope not. But um, I hope we do we do finish it in some capacity, no matter how long it takes. But it, it could be a while down the road, and no matter what happens, it's going to be a very tough decision to make. Yeah, and hopefully one with a positive resolution, uh, at least hopefully with some time into the future. Stuart Tynan of the Connor Telegraph, thanks a million for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show, and enjoy the weekend's action. All right, thanks, Kevin.